Hey, Matt. So how you been? We have, uh, I forgot what kind of hairs they're called, but oh, they're the white huge. Ones? They're, Are they white? Yeah. So yeah. they turn white in the winter and then they're this uh, really grayish brown color during the uh, summer. Huh. And uh, we have one living under the house, actually. And super cute, but bigger than my cats. They're the biggest rabbits I've ever seen. Wow. They're so big. They They're don't have, like, giant. red eyes and teeth that have blood dripping off of them and all this stuff. <laughs> That's what my mother asked me. She's like, it's not going to attack you. Well, we all saw Watership Down, that cartoon, <laughs> damn it. Oh, oh, no, you're right. The murder buddies. Oh, no. We always have this one that's... Uh, in the front yard right when we're uh, leaving for work and he looks like a rock. He's so still. And then one eye will open and be like, Whoa. Hey, good morning. <laughs> it's like those, those octopus underwater that, you know, they're not there and suddenly it swims away and you're like, Whoa, I thought that was a rock. Yeah, exactly. I often have to like physically look for the rabbits because otherwise I think it's just like this rock outcropping in the, you know, right in front of your house or something. You're like, where'd that rock come from? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been at work and like someone who shows up late and you're kind of like, hey, what happened to you? And he's like, oh, a rabbit stole my car. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. It'd be like, oh, God, I know. I know how that's all about, man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for you. I had to throw a rock at one the other day and it turned into a small bunny. <laughs> <laughs> I am John, Whoopi impersonator and a Ladrin warlock with the Warriors of the Stars. Along came Jason, my bearded friend. Fabulous secret ideas revealed to me the day he came to my house and said, I want to make a podcast! Only two others share this secret. I am Chris Visions. I like walks on the beach, sunsets, poodles. What's up, everybody? Morphin' time. Hi, I'm Recommender. Rob. Artist. Hey everybody, how are you doing? Hey, I'm Mr. Priscilla. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, voice of Ahsoka Tano. Robbie Amell! What's up, guys? Today I have special guest Mike Selinker. You do indeed. We're working on Black Science. Bob McLeod, creator of the New Mutants. I've been working for Marvel and DC Comics for the last 40 years. Brian Herbert. About a year ago, I have got a, a Twitter site. I couldn't get my own name. Somebody took my name. <laughs> And we have special guest, Gus Lopez. Oh, hey guys, I'm thrilled to be on. Robin Hobb is here! Working on a trilogy called The Fits and the Fool. Livio Raimondelli. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm a big Transformers fan, G1 fan myself. Together we started talking about toys, comics, games, and movies on the Super Awesome Geek Show! Hello everyone out there in podcast land. It's another episode of the Super Awesome Geek Show. I'm John, your host. Today I'm here with Mad B. Hello. How's it going, Mad? Pretty good. Cool, cool. Hey, guess what? We got someone cool here today. Oh. <laughs> it's Sam Johnson, comic <laughs> book creator. Hi. How you doing, Sam? I'm okay. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So first up on the thing, Sam, like, like give everybody a little bit of background of, of who you are and what you got coming down the road here. Okay, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a comics writer. Uh, Geek Girl is, is possibly, 
possibly my most well-known one. Uh, I also do the superhero parodying The Almighties and Carbaccini Voodoo Junkie Hitwoman. Uh, <laughs> but Geek Girl is the focal point at the moment because uh, we're, we're about to launch a free comic book day digital comic on obviously free comic book day. And that will be followed by the first issue of the new Geek Girl miniseries later in May. Cool. So how many comics now? You've had quite a few for the Geek Girl run, haven't you? A couple miniseries that's gone on, right? Uh, well, no, this will be the second miniseries. We had, a, we had an issue zero uh, back in the day, and then we've had the four-issue miniseries and the collection of that, Lightning Strikes. Uh, and then this will be the second miniseries. Okay, cool. I must have been thinking that Lightning Strikes was... Uh, but that's just a compilation, I get you. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the trade paperback. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. So where can they find the free comic on Free Comic Book Day? Uh, just go to the Free Comic Book Day Facebook group and it will be prominently available there. Awesome. Awesome. So it's a digital release? Yeah. Cool. But the the comic, the mini series will be will be print as well as digital. Yeah. Do you use uh, Comixology and all that other stuff? Yeah, yeah, all, it'll all be up. In fact, on Comixology at the moment, uh, they're doing a, a half-price sale on, on the digital uh, editions of the first one. So you can get them for uh, $1.49, and uh, issue three, which is a jump-on issue, was, was, was a lower price anyway, which is $1.99. So you can get that for $0.99. Cents. That's cool. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So Sam, like, where are you from? Where do you guys uh, operate your comics out of? Well, we're a, we're a global operation, John. I'm based in in England, uh, in Sheffield, north of England, uh, and Carlos Granda, the artist, is in Colombia, and then we've got Chunlin Zhao, the colorist, who's in China, and Paul McLaren, the letterer, who's in Scotland. So uh, we're all over the place. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so you got to have a lot of me- a lot of meetings online, right? <laughs> there's a yeah. Well, this is yes. This it wouldn't be possible without the the joys of the internet, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing that I think is really cool about this age is that like if it, it used to be that if you if you were writing something really good and you needed an artist, you had to find someone locally. There wasn't any other option. Yeah. Whereas now you could just put it out there and. Like you said, you're in England. You found an artist in Colombia, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and 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 like the Almighty's, uh, the artist on that is is Argentina. So yeah, this is this is the the age we're in. What a time to be alive! <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really interesting though is I see an awful lot of really great comic book artists coming out of that region of the world. You know, Colombia, Argentina. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like why are there so many phenomenal artists down there? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's something they're putting in the water. <laughs> <laughs> well, heck, they started over there with all those Nazca lines, right? Those guys with the artistry in their blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Carlos is 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 great. He is it took a long time to find issue zero was was done uh, by another artist who was kind of doing it just as a sort of experimental thing because she uh she normally does more slice of life and mangary type stuff uh so 
that worked for issue zero because it was it was about to to explain for those not familiar with Geek Girl. Geek Girl is is Ruby K, a hot popular college chick that lands a pair of super tech glasses that give her flight and super strength, but there's a glitch in them that messes with her brain. The initial impact of this is is making her super klutzy. Uh, Causing it to knock drinks over her too cool for school friends and alienating <laughs> her clique, with the exception of Summer, who's her best friend, who is who is into superheroes because her dad's like a comic geek, and she's the one that actually pushes Ruby into uh, using her powers uh, as in the way that we as comic readers would expect, but not in the way that Ruby might have thought to do herself. So uh, yes, what I was saying was. Uh, that Sally, the the artist on issue zero, that worked fine for um, setting things up because it was like Ruby's college world. But then when we've gone to the mini series, it's 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 widescreen superheroics. Took a long time to find the right guy for it. Um, and Carlos is, I mean, he, he does a great job in in every way, and and the most important way is that there's a lot of female characters, and you know, you we want to be able to tell them apart. And and we 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 easily can, and he brings great body language to them. He adds a lot um, to it. So just really, you know, really happy with what Carlos does, and and he's you know he's in for the the second miniseries as well as as uh, as are Chanlin and uh, Paul. Cool. You know, I really like that aspect. That's something you were hitting on there about the artistry matching the story that's being told in a sense. So like yeah. like you said, when, when she was just acquiring and figuring out her powers and in those in the other the other age of her life in a sense, the art reflects that uh sort of I don't know if you want to call it like normal life attitude, but then when she gets the superpowers, the artistry becomes super in itself. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 good because it's you know it's it's something you know you can I guess I don't want to say you can only do in comics, but it's certainly something that's you know can be done in comics and and to good effect. Um, another example of it in the Almighty's. Uh, we had three artists. It was it was sort of broken up into chapters in the Almighty's one, and we had three artists working on it, and we played to their their strengths. So in in the, the it was sort of three separate missions. The one that was more sort of cartoony, comedic. We had we've picked uh, the right guy for that, and then when it was more you know big scale superheroics, uh, Daniel White on that did the good job, and then Eleonora Cortzas, who's who's the main Almighty's artist again brings good like uh, personal personality to the characters hmm. interesting mad you got any questions for him about geek girl i don't think i'm familiar when did when did uh, geek girl first come out uh well the mini the geek girl zero was was a long time ago but the mm -hmm. mini series uh was uh, it launched november 16 and then the, oh, cool. the collection came out last August. Nice. nice. I am definitely going to check it out now. Yeah, well, if, if you go to um, the website, gitgirlcomics.com, um, there's like a mailing list you can join up and you get a free uh, digital comic with the first 11 pages of, of Geek Girl 1. So that's a, a good and easy way to uh, check it out. Yeah, it's a good read. I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I I love it. I'm I'm really pleased with what I've, uh, what we're putting together with the the second miniseries. I mean, the artwork uh, for for issue two is almost done, 
and what we're doing with it is because what happens at the end of Geek Girl Series 1 is Geek Girl has, has got into this big uh, showdown with Lightning Storm, who was a, a villainess trying to take over the city. Um, and in the result of it, she's kind of been electrocuted. So we're not quite sure how things are with, with Ruby. So when we come into the new miniseries, uh, we'll, well, and in the, uh, the free comic book day, we'll, we'll see where things are. And uh, because of the situation Ruby's in, it's, it's, uh, there's going to be more room to have a look at what's going on with the other characters. And we're introducing a new bunch of villains who, after the damage Lightning Storm did to the city, including trashing police stations and city hall, <laughs> Um, the the law is undermanned in Maine where they are, uh, so we've got these these new uh, wannabe big shot criminals, the League of Larcenists, who are who are sort of taking advantage of the lack of law enforcement and the fact that Lightning Storm also hospitalised Neon Girl, who was the big gun superhero of where they live. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's the scenario as, as we're, we're coming into what's what's coming up next, and I'm pleased with the, the League of Lastness have, have a good sort of comedic edge to them uh, with with monic code names such as uh, Pighead and Numbnuts, and uh, <laughs> and we've also got Chromex, who's this this uh, robot that talks in a weird sort of pseudo street way, and. Uh, yeah, it's a good dy- dynamic, and I've enjoyed uh, working on these characters. That's cool. Yeah, you really left everybody with quite uh, a bunch of cliffhangers at the end of that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pleased how that went down because I was, you know, it was a sort of, oh my god reaction, uh, but in a in a good way. I'm, I'm glad that people weren't, you know, because it, it it was it was intended that you know at the end of Geek Girl series one. You know, Lightning Storm and and Geek Girl have, have effectively knocked each other out, and we we don't know if if they're alive or dead. Um, so that is a bit, a bit of a, a, a cliffhanger to end on. Uh, but uh, as I say, as of free comic book day, we will see what's going on with Ruby K. That's cool, and and Neon Girl, right? Uh, Neon Girl is is down the line because yeah, Neon Girl got hospitalised after Lightning Storm obliterated her hand. Uh, so Neon Girl is is out of action at the moment, but will be uh, returning in the second miniseries. And so the the main superhero uh, propping up main is is Pitbull, the jock hero, uh, and uh, who likes to sort of balance drinking brewskis and fighting crime <laughs> uh but we're going to see another side to him um so yeah there's there's a good uh, for, for the for those that uh, enjoy pitbull there's some uh, there's some good pitbull stuff going on in the in what will be the first issue see what i what i thought was kind of interesting is like i don't know if this is where you're gonna go of course i think everyone who reads a comic or a series of comics is gonna have an, their own idea in their head of where, wow, maybe the story is going to go this way. But, yeah. you know, setting up Neon Girl as like the big the big superhero on the block, like that was the one in the city that everyone in the public knew about. It was the one that yeah. always saved people. And then having her get knocked out of commission, it just made me think like, oh, wow. So is, is Ruby going to step up? Is this new girl, you know, 
like, is she going to take that spot and in the public eye, like, become the new superhero for the city? You know, that's kind of, yeah. it's always a thing that's going through at least my head when I've read, and I read these. And then seeing her get knocked out at the end there, you're just kind of like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, it, so it, it was, it's like, that's what I like. I don't know if that's like, um, like I don't. I'm sure you, I don't want you to say anything, so I don't want you to ruin it. But it's like it's like in my head, it's just kind of like, oh my gosh, is Neon Girl gonna recover? Is she gonna take back that that spot as the number one hero? Like, is Ruby gonna get out of this and recover herself? And then is she gonna have to step up even more and take that place if Neon Girl doesn't come back? Like, what, what's all you know? All that stuff's like going through your head, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's. I mean, it, it was a significant thing that you know the the way things started out with Ru- Ruby being becoming a superhero or at least uh, growing towards becoming a proper superhero was she in the at the beginning of the miniseries. She's just flying around looking for crime. She doesn't know what happens, what what's happening. She doesn't know she's she's on her phone to Summer asking her if she's doing it right, and then uh, Neon gets blasted through a billboard by by lightning strike. Uh, gets put in hospital, and uh, by lightning, st- lightning, st- lightning strike. I've, I can't believe I've just forgot. <laughs> Blanked on the name of of the character. Lightning storm. Yes. Yes. Of course. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was weird. Uh, anyway, so yeah, first through the billboard, put in hospital, and Leon girl kind of makes Ruby promise to take her down. So that's how. Uh, Ruby K gets into the situation. So yeah, but yeah, Neon Girl in the course of the first series gets out of hospital and then gets put back into it again <laughs> uh, by by old Lightning. So uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's uh, one thing I like about it is you can't predict where it's going to go. I guarantee you, what's basically in the free comic book day uh, book. Whatever happened to Ruby K? After the, it, the there's material in it from the first series, the material in it from the second, and then after that, there's like an ad for the first issue, and the reveal of what to expect in that. And I guarantee, I guarantee, you will not uh, see what's coming. Coming. <laughs> wow. So Sam, I gotta ask some background here. So. I'm not sure, you know, This, if for all you guys listening out there, this is the second time Sam has been on, um, and I really appreciate you coming back. This is pretty cool. But uh, I don't know if I asked the last time, like, what is your background with comics? Like, when did you get into them as a child or whatever? Uh, well, I, I read comics as a kid, uh, kind of moved away from them in my teenage years, and then I was in uh, a Virgin Megastore, uh, where I, uh, it was, they had like a comic section, and I, I just happened to notice the New Mutants, uh, where Rob Liefeld came into it, and introduced the characters that have now become the, uh, well, the potential big hit of the summer, uh, Cable and Deadpool. Yeah. Um, and that that brought me back in, and from there I, you know, started spending too much money on comics again (laughs) (laughs) massive stacks that are unread uh but plenty that are read as well so that's what got me into them and uh sometime in that sort of period 
um, was when I was deciding what I, I mean, you know, because this is, this is some time ago now. Uh, decide, when I was deciding what I was wanting to do, which I knew was going to be writing, and um, Image Comics were running a, a couple of talent searches where you'd submit like pictures for for one shot starring their characters, and so I did that, and then I entered some other talent searches, and uh, one run by Wizard Comics magazine, which I came joint second in and another one that I placed in and this this had me hooked by this point so it was like right this is what I'm doing I'm writing comics <laughs> cool what was uh so like I mean of course you've got the new mutants and then Deadpool and Cable then you got it went probably went into X-Force right but yeah, what yeah. uh anyone what other things like really influenced you when you were when you were in that period when you were reading those comics uh it wasn't so much that period um Doom Patrol by uh, Grant Morrison's run on Doom Patrol, I always oh, wow. cited my biggest influence, which is totally out there. Um, and though it's not, the influence is possibly not that readily apparent in Geek Girl. There are, you can see bits like Mr. Mashup, who's in the first series, is quite a bizarre villain where he's got like a sort of vessel in, inside of him that he can transfer he can tap into people's minds and transform this vessel into like a clone of them transfer his consciousness into that and then this vessel like sort of crawls out of his mouth shedding his skin so his skin's all stretched to hell uh, <laughs> and so yeah that's it's a, and he's like the bastard love child of a a, a demon and a, a goddess so there's a there's i can see the the uh the doom patrol influence coming through on that and it's something that i think will become more well i know will become more so i mean what i have planned uh for the third series uh i i, I clearly see that influence in there and uh, i think the, with the league of larcenists who are a fairly bizarre a uh, bunch of villains i think there's even though i hadn't actually thought too much about that until until i'm saying it out loud now but i think there's there's the influence there as well interesting cool i always think of like uh when someone comes up with a league of villains i just always start thinking of that legion of doom from the super friends yeah. cartoon <laughs> yeah oh that's that's the guy, that's the guy who plays so yeah. With their Darth Vader helmet, uh, spaceship thing that came out of the swamp for their lair. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those guys weren't messing about. <laughs> so did you? Did you? Did you watch those same kind of cartoons or? Like uh, what? what, what how, I guess I don't really know. Like how old are you, Sam? If you don't I'm mind. Forty-four. Okay. Yeah. So you're relatively the same age. So you probably yeah. got got a lot of those cartoons, right? Yeah, fun, funnily, I've not, I've never been all that into cartoons. Um, yeah. Which you, you, you know, being being so into comics, you, you probably wouldn't think, but uh, not too much. I mean, again, you know, when I, when I was a kid, I would watch the the, the, the old Scooby Doo and and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't, uh, not big on cartoons. Comics is my first love. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was always doing both, man. I was watching every cartoon I could get my eyes on and then reading every comic I could get my hands on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, as a kid, yeah, I guess, I guess I was the same. Everyone who, uh, I remember like the first comic I got when I was, when I was young, my mother used to walk us down to the store that was a few blocks away from where we lived 
and I always got Godzilla, and my brother got Devil Dinosaur. So that was our first right, right. foray into those things, the old Marvel stuff, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, but people just, they were like, oh, you're into comics? And they would just give us a stack. And it right. was like, it was just funny what they would give us. You know, it's like, I'm I'm sure my mom must have looked sideways at some of these, because it's like, I know that, I was just talking to someone on Twitter they were posting pictures about the old Star Wars figures from the 70s, and uh, they put up the Death Star droid. And I distinctly remember my mother not wanting to buy us that figure because it had death in the name. You know? Right. And I had to <laughs> save up my allowance money and go buy it myself and take it out of the packaging and throw the packaging away before mom saw that I bought a death, <laughs> a death droid, you know? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> she didn't want it. But yet... I can remember like the neighbors or someone giving us a stack of comics, and one of the comics was like "Son of Satan," and I'm like, yeah. "Why was this yeah. okay?" You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, or you'd get like old the demon comics. Remember the demon and all the all these yeah, other yeah, things? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, she was fine with all that, but <laughs> oh, okay, didn't want a death droid in the, in the house. <laughs> no, no. Well, you got you got to draw the line somewhere, haven't you? But yeah. So, what are your plans for the future, Sam? I mean, like, do you have a, do you have an outlook like past this next miniseries that you're doing, or like, do you want to make it an ongoing, or do you want to stick with some miniseries for a while? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, if if I can, I mean, I spend a lot of time building the audience up, and if if I can get the audience to a, a big enough size that it, it warrants an ongoing then yeah i want i want to go i want well the, the intention is to make the third series ongoing um because i've got i've got big plans for it and it's it's a different direction and we're going to introduce the uh as aforementioned uh ex crack whore turned supernatural gun for hire carbacini <laughs> voodoo junkie hit woman into the mix i love, I love that name <laughs> yeah, oh yeah people always dig the name yeah uh so yeah i mean there, there's there's a, a mini series almost done for her but i i want her to um be introduced to the geek girl universe to uh, sort of make people more people aware of, of who she is before putting out that miniseries and yeah she's got a significant part to play in what i have in mind for the third series and uh, yeah if i if i'm gonna get to do exactly what i want to do with it then it, it wants to be ongoing yeah so a lot of the characters like even if you've had them in other comics some like they're in like the same universe the same world so does that include like the almighties and everything as well are they oh, like, yeah. in the same universe oh yeah absolutely i mean i've i've not finalized this yet but i i have in, the intention to uh, have a character out of the almighties uh, uh in appear in the geek girl third series and um, the villain in the Almighty's, the uh, uh, Whiteout, who's a kind of nutso, super racist. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, though he's played for laughs in that, he's actually uh, the, the big bad in the, in the Carbaccini uh, mini that's in the works, um, where it's, it's, it's with a more serious tone. So yes, there's, there's already sort of crossovers there. They're just not crossovers that have, have been made physical yet. I get you. I get you. So, um, like, uh, so you, you, behind the scenes, if you've got all this in mind, you have to have developed like a huge 
a huge world and tons of backstory. And I mean, is that all written down or do you just have it in your head? Like, I mean, how does this all work? I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's mostly written down. I've, I mean, I've got, you know, outlines um, and some of the stuff that I, I'm going to be bringing to the third series of geek girl is, is actually taken from, from, I, I wrote a, uh, an ongoing series back in the day before I'd actually broken in uh, called Rebecca Black that, uh, again, a big Doom Patrol influence to it, but it, that was, you know, when I was still learning my craft, and I don't think all of it really worked, but there are some of it, parts of it, that I, I do really like, um, and that I want to, uh, well, yeah, that, that uh, can, can fit into the Geek Girl universe. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've got loads of outlines and stuff written as well, um, but that stuff it was fully scripted. But another thing I want to do with with Geek Girl is, as as I've I've touched on possibly, is um, explore the other characters more as well. Like the first mini series, we had Summers, nice Summers, her friend. Most of the other girls are, are just bitches. Um, <laughs> but the thing with them is they they're like you know as I say that quote-unquote cool kids so when ruby was acting like a klutz and all she was doing with her powers that was accidentally knocking drinks over the, <laughs> over their expensive dresses uh, they weren't too impressed but now after the first miniseries ruby has saved the freaking city so <laughs> mm, maybe she's a little more cool in their eyes now and maybe they're not gonna want to ostracize her and maybe they're gonna want to suck up to her and be friends again <laughs> so uh we'll see another side of them although they are still you know basic bitches uh but also <laughs> karen carpenter who's like the the arch the the, the acid tongue uh one of them i've got a, a thing in mind with her where i we get to see uh more that there's more to her than meets the eye and also to understand why she is the dreadful person <laughs> that she is um so yeah i'm you know I'm, I'm very invested in in the whole universe like and I, and I like the feel of it that geek girl sort of came into what you know is effectively a, a universe that already existed and had its you know had its established superheroes in in pitbull and a neon girl and uh and also summer is you know is a huge part of it and we're going to uh we're going to be seeing more of her. Yeah. Well, it's it's well. One thing I was thinking when you were talking there was I was like, you've almost got like this comic version of Mean Girls there. But uh... oh yeah, yeah. Ab <laughs> so absolutely. That's I mean that's if you, if you want a sort of uh, high concept for it, it's it's going to Mean Girls meets superheroes. Yeah. But uh, I also was saying was thinking like I really like the idea that your universe. Like you said, it's 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 already set up when these characters that you're following in the book sort of come into it. And yeah. I think that makes for, number one, it makes for really great storytelling. And then it makes a believable world that your characters are inhabiting, you know? Yeah. And I, I think as well, like, like we touched on with the whole um, Lightning Storm versus Geek Girl thing in lieu of, of Neon Girl, as I say, it's because you've seen lightning storm take out neon girl you've it, you get a much greater sense of how powerful this person is and what ruby is up against than is than you would if it all that happened would ruby fought lightning storm 
Yeah, exactly. Because you're, you know, you you actually feel that sense of dread that you can imagine that you can imagine the character is feeling because, you know, you as the reader know all this going into that, but it's like now you realize that the character itself of Ruby has to realize that also, and that she's taking on a task that is far grander than what she probably is and, and might think she's capable of, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, when she because we we build to to the the climax in issue four of the first series, uh, where she's taking on Lightning Storm, and it's you know she's scared when she's doing that, which again I think is is one of the, the sort of things I like about the book is it's not sort of you know stern jawed you know nothing phases them. This Ruby is is not a, a typical heroine and. Um, yeah, she's you know when she's got taken on this big bad, she's she's uh, she's not feeling too good about it. <laughs> yeah, but it's like at the same time, it's one of those things that I think all great characters have to face. They've got to conquer their fear and step up and just do what they think is right. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, absolutely, and this is the the thing you know the kind of the making of the character or the her character. Um, going from being a, a kind of an it girl that was just after herself to being put into this position where she's tasked with taking down lightning storm but by the end of it it's kind of if she doesn't people are going to die so she's doing it yeah well and like i was going to say too about like um all those notes and all that stuff it's like i Going back to that, you know, for real quick, I just think that, like, I could imagine seeing your place and and where you work and where you have all this and and realizing, I think with most uh, creations that are done really well and most universes and, and story setups and everything that are done really well, there's 10 or 20 times the amount of material either written down or in the creator's head than what you actually see in the final product, you know? Yeah, and I mean, as well, I, I spend a lot of time like fine tuning the script. I mean, even even after it's it's been lettered, and I can see, you know, when when you've got you, you're reading it slightly differently when you've you've got the letters actually on there versus you know before they're on there. I'm looking at the script and I'm looking at the art at the same time, and we we've like because Paul is is lettering. Uh, the new issue we're finishing up lettering the new issue one now and there's still little tweaks i'm making having done you know god knows how many edits of the script um so yeah it's i, I want it you know i want it to be right and it is i am really really pleased with with how this new one's turned out and the, the miniseries as, as a whole as well yeah so you mean like once once you see what you're talking about really is like once you see the artwork and then once you see the word bubbles and all the places where things are going to go, you might yeah. tweak the script or the dialogue or something a little bit just to make it flow a little better or different. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's various things. I mean, the first thing is, is before I hand the script to the letter with the artwork, once the artwork's done, I'm going to read it against the script because, you know, the way it's it's turned out on the page you know you're you're allowing the artist to you know and have their own interpretations and to bring things to it and as i say carlos brings a lot of like body language and facial expressions to the characters so you may find that the the line as it was on paper needs tweaking to to better suit the artwork so there's, there's that kind of thing 
um, and then beyond that, as I say, just just reading it when it's lettered is it just it it, it just somehow reads differently to when I've got the script and the artwork side by side. So I tweak it at that stage as well. I get you. I get you. Interesting. I'm always fascinated by the creative process. You know, like Matt, do you find like working in the video game industry that some of that also happens they're changing the dialogue and the story to fit the art and things do you find that also all the time yeah (laughs) or sometimes it's the other way around like the the writers will come up with something brand new and then they have to go back to the drawing board for the character yeah does that ever happen to you sam do you ever read through the comic when it's almost done and go oh my gosh i should have thrown this in there that would be brilliant and then you have to go <laughs> I, I, back to the artist and say hey can we get this this page tweaked or can we add this panel or do this something whatever uh i, I don't think in terms of redos no because the thing with that is you know it if I've just decided to, if I've read it and thought, oh, let's do this, that takes me very little time for him to have his, wasted his time doing it and having to redo it again. I don't think would be uh, the best, uh, <laughs> the best thing really, and especially as it, it takes a lot longer to draw than it does to write. Um, I mean, one thing we did with the Almighty's, with the new one, uh, the Almighty's Afterbirth, which is a reference in DC Rebirth, uh, <laughs> that because we were trying to get it into 24 pages, the the big fight scene in it, it there was just too much going on because you know it's, it's a team book whereas in you know in geek girl it's you've not necessarily got that many characters uh, in inverted commas on screen at, at, at the time so we found out there was just too much being crammed in so we've, we've expanded it by another four pages so that involved a little bit of change to what was already done but not like you know finished artwork and getting him to redo yeah, yeah. anything like that i think that would be too much but uh, yeah for the most part i it's more changing if if a change is going to be made it's more changing the dialogue uh to best fit the art not the other way around i get you yeah but if you do, and so it's, much- I mean, it can be a good thing, you know. It's like you know, the, there'll be a, a character's something in the character's facial expression that you know can lead to, a, you know, a, a better line that you wouldn't have had without having seen what the character's looking like. Yeah, and I guess in, in a way, if you do have a new idea visually, you can just save it, put it in that little pocket, and save it for later. And then a future issue, you're like, I really want to bring this concept in. I had that idea yeah, while yeah. I was reading or looking at what was finished, and I want to bring that in now to some future issue, you know? Yeah, but I don't think I've, I've, I've ever, you know, had got to a point with the artwork where I'm like, oh this, oh, this would be much better done like this. I think it's quite, you know, it's quite a good synergy in, in, uh, in our working relationship, Carlos and I, because, you know, he gets the characters um, and he brings them to life. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, that's, that's really great. I, I was more thinking like, um, I think I was more thinking not necessarily like redos, but more thinking like seeing this image and seeing this dialogue and then finding seeing the finished page gave me an idea for something that might look really cool. You know what I mean? Like it's oh, yeah, that moment yeah. of imagination where you're just like, wow, I think I should do this. And I just wondered if it like ever made you add pages to it more than just replacing them. And, but I guess what I'm getting at now is I'm thinking like 
those are the ideas that you would save for like a future issue in a sense. Yeah, I think that's, you know, in terms of uh, sort of economics and, and time spent, I think that's, that's the best way to, to do that. Yeah. So Sam, are you, are you running any of the convention circuits lately? Have you been to anywhere? Do you, do you, do you get out to the comic conventions and things? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't I haven't recently because there's there's uh, there's not been anything new out since uh, the collection last August. Uh, but yeah, with the new mini series coming out in May, uh, I mean, at the moment it's only for for financial reasons more than anything. I'm I'm only doing uh, UK ones, but I've got um, yeah. in in May I've got because that's when you know the new one comes out. Uh, I've got three. Uh, there's uh, uh, what is the Wigan? Um, there's one where I live in Sheffield, which is, is like a sort of micro con in, in a record shop. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm certainly starting to do those again. Yeah, I actually really like a lot of those micro conventions, like you called them, but because uh, it's like um, there's more time to talk and speak with a lot of the different people if they're a little bit smaller, I find, you know? Yeah. Well, this, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how it is. Cause it isn't, that isn't something I've, I've done before actually. Um, it's mostly been, you know, regular conventions. Um, and I was invited, uh, uh, by this guy in Sheffield Bambas who runs this uh, to do it last time, but it clashed with uh, the the old uh, day job, so it wasn't possible. <laughs> but this time, because uh, I, I just work some Saturdays, and uh, and this time I'm not, so that's uh, that's good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, because I, I do a lot of different uh, toy shows and conventions and things, and they're quite often they're like what you were calling a micro cons in a sense where there's just um, maybe 12 or 15 guys. They got little booths. They're selling comics and toys. Mm. And I just find that as a, you know, both when I've gone and like tried to showcase the po- the podcast or when I've gone and just there to look around and purchase a few things, I find those really, really good, really interesting because you can spend time talking to the, you know, Either if you're there with a booth, you spend time talking to the guests that are coming through, the attendees, or if you're there as an attendee and you want to talk to some of the creators or talk to the guys that are selling comics or toys, you can spend quite a bit of time with them because it's a smaller show, a smaller event, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 cool. Yeah, I'm with you. And it's, it's always good to share i i love just talking about any of this kind of stuff it's so it's so good to be able to share that camaraderie in the community and your share your love of comics and toys and oh, other yeah. things you know yeah absolutely i think uh i love those memories that everything brings back you know when you're you hit on something that you have in common and you can share those memories of childhood or or even like for the first time you encountered that thing you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, well, I, I I I often have like because Deadpool, as I've mentioned, is is one of my favourite characters. I often have like a Deadpool T-shirt on at these, so I'm, I'm more than happy to discuss the mer- with the mouth, uh, especially with this uh, with the sequel looming. Did you like that first movie? You love it? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is 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 the man for it, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, he's absolutely perfect. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, he was, you know, a, a, a key part of, of getting it made, getting it off the ground. Um, and yeah, he nailed it. And the, 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 yeah, it was, it's, it's, a, it's a really good film. And I'm, I'm really uh, looking forward to the new one. I always thought, I thought it was so hilarious. Like, what back in the day, way back before the movie was even coming, they, they had a comic with Deadpool in it. And I believe he, uh, I can't remember the exact line. I'm going to be paraphrasing it. I'm going to be butchering it, but he said, if anyone's going to play him, it's going to be Ryan Reynolds. And yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. It came years later, here he is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it took a, a long time to get off the ground. Um, and I think it was the, 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 there was like some test footage leaked at some point. I think that's what got it, you know, got some heat behind it. Um, so yeah, I know Ryan Reynolds was was invested in it from from way back. Yeah, yeah, I I, I actually watched that film again just the other day, sort of in preparation because the, like you said, the movie is coming out right here, and it's coming out in May, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Was it is it May eighteen or somewhere around there? I can't remember oh, exactly. Sure, yeah, it is May. Yeah, somewhere in the beginning to mid of may yeah but yeah, uh I there's that... been enough of a gap between that and <laughs> infinity war yeah and then again we need a gap before we go into the new star wars movie so they're trying to yeah. fit it right in the middle between those two but yeah. uh but yeah I, I watched the first one the other day and i gotta say like one thing i learned is it's not a good plan to watch deadpool and then go right to bed <laughs> because <laughs> my dreams were so out there it was okay. like i was playing the character of wade wilson in my dreams i was like right. to the point where i even had pancreatic cancer in my dream and i'm just oh, like yeah. and had to go to this weird facility to get fixed and became a superhero and i'm just like i wake up at like 2 a.m and i'm like whoa what the hell <laughs> oh, that was quite the dreams <laughs> yeah yeah uh but yeah, I absolutely loved that film. I, I liked, you know, he gets shot through the hand and he looks through the hole at the motorcycle driver coming back at him, you know, and yeah, yeah. the count off with those 12 bullets. I thought it was great. The, oh, yeah. He yeah. kicks the guy's head into a field goal or whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the, you know, and him breaking that, that wall, you know, just like he does in the comics and like yeah. talking to the people and having Colossus be like, what are you doing? And he goes, well, I'm telling them about the thing, you know, because like, yeah. the, uh, the yeah. other character is always clueless on that fourth wall. So when he and breaks the, the end joke as well of the, <laughs> the X-Mansion, it always just seems to be you two guys. Yeah. Here. It's so much like we haven't got the budget for the, the other X-Men. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And of course, you know what Megasonic just just uh, he goes. That's a cool name. What a trade! Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's Megasonic Teenage War. That is a cool name. <laughs> it's just so over the top, even just in the name. You know, I love it. Yeah, well, that's that's Grant Morrison as well. Yes, yeah, is... you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I like they they threw in like uh, all those references to Rob. You know, Liefeld, his creator. In the film, yeah. I thought that was cool. Like you just, like one guy, he says his name, then there's like the is it the coffee cup or something has Rob L on it, and then like it's just like various other nods to the creator in that film. Yeah. It's just always neat to pick those out as you're going yeah. through. Actually, picking out all kinds of references, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <clears throat> I love his Green Lantern remarks, and yeah, yeah, yeah. 
some great stuff. Is there anybody in your universe or in your mind, maybe even coming up, that uh, you think Deadpool might have had some influence on? Or not necessarily in breaking the fourth wall, but maybe an attitude? Well, we, we have in, in the Almighty's um, Wayne Winston, who uh, <laughs> is, uh, is you know, Deadpool was, you know, kind of a parody character to begin with. So yes, we've now yes. got this parody of a parody. Um, so that that character was actually introduced as a new member of the team in the Almighty Zero and uh, has a much bigger role uh, to play in, in the new one um, that's in the works. But the thing is with it, it's like, you know, the, the, the obvious question is, well, well, sort of how do you parody a parody? Um, and we've done it in a couple of ways. I mean, the, the first the first one where he's introduced is, is just going way, way over the top with the motor mouth thing. <laughs> and then um, when we get to the the uh, the almighty's afterbirth um he's he doesn't like say a word uh, and the reason for this is because joe's cyborg uh, the guy that's that's put the the new band together has, has sort of drilled into him how important it is to focus uh when you're when you're in in combat so you know he needs to with his tendencies not speak at all and then as an aside to miss f and also because he's fucking annoying <laughs> uh, I love the motor mouth stuff. They're always like, "Are you ever going to shut up?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, any of those, any of those characters, any character like that, it's just always funny. Yeah, because I think I think in real life, there's always someone that I think we know in our group of friends that sometimes we're just like, "Is that guy ever going to shut up?" <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I funny you you should mention that because I'll I'll reference my my friend uh, from the day job that I was working earlier today, Hasnara, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of been said, and we're not we're not saying it behind her back. We we tell her, uh, and she can take it. But yeah, she talks utter utter garbage. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to get her to listen to this show. I'm sure she'll really appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we always had a guy like that at work too. And when, when I worked at a bookstore, and uh, and but he knew it also. You know, everyone he, he loved that that moniker and always and always owned yeah. it. And, and uh, every customer that came in, he, he would take it just a little bit. Where you're like, it was right at that line where you're like, you're right. gonna step out. Nope. Okay, he pulled it back. <laughs> I, I can't. Because <laughs> you know when you're at a job, you can't go too far with the customers. But uh... <laughs> right, this, 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 this is Hasnara. If, if you're listening to this, this is something for you to think about. <laughs> uh, well, Sam, tell everybody where they can find Geek Girl out right now. So we got Comixology. Uh, Let's give him your Facebook, give him your Twitter, all that stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, geekgirlcomics.com is 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 your best route. Uh, you can still get the first miniseries, uh, individual issues, limited variants, as well as the collection, Lightning Strikes. Um, yeah, I should be fairly easy to find me on Facebook, Sam Johnson, because if you've got any friends on there that are into comics, it's not unlikely that we've got mutual friends. Um, and the Geek Girl Facebook group, uh, 
and also as i say if you if you want to you know dip your toe into the the waters of the geek girl universe if you if you go to the geekgirlcomics.com and join the mailing list you'll get uh, the digital comic uh with the first 11 pages of the first issue one cool twitter i'm i'm da sam johnson da sam johnson yeah and then uh you want to go um, check out your comic on is, May 5th, right? That's always Free Comic Book May Day, 5th, right? Free Comic Book Day, yeah. Facebook group, it'll be there. Uh, also, if, if you do join the Geek Girl mailing list, you'll, you'll get it automatically sent to you as well. Um, and then May 30th, the new Geek Girl 1, which I'm really making sure I, I keep holding back what that is until we hit <laughs> the free the free digital comic because i want everyone to see the the reveal uh of the cover that follows that strip yep yeah and then do you have a date for issue two yet or are you waiting that's still in production right issue two is tent yes it is it's it's not got too much more to do i tentatively i think we're looking for july the 11th uh but in the back of Geek Girl One, the the finalized date will be in there, so you'll know when it's coming. Oh, cool. Okay, okay. So you're shooting for roughly a monthly schedule, but sometimes a little bit. It's more like five or six yeah. weeks if it. Yeah. yeah, not not a monthly with this one because it's you know it's not cheap to put these things together. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And the way I I use Kickstarter, I don't use it to fund them. I what I did with the first one was I primarily used it to get pre-orders for the, the lightning strikes collection. Um, so I will be doing a Kickstarter for, for the second mini series, but it won't be until we've got the collection available for pre-order. So yeah, funding it, uh, funding it myself is, uh, it's put it this way. I'm, I'm very conscious of exactly what's coming in and out of my bank at the moment. Yes, exactly. I get, <laughs> so yeah, get just, yeah. Without Kickstarter, um, getting it monthly, it's just not—it's just not feasible. I mean, I've got—I've now got three overdrafts in order to, <laughs> in order to have got got as far as I have with it. Yeah, well, I think that's the—that's the thing with all creative endeavors. You, you really—I mean, it's just like you got—if you want to do something, you just got to buckle down and do it, and and yeah, it and costs money to do it, you know. And yeah, yeah. and I think you know. Anyone sure. out there can forgive the schedule. They don't, you don't need a monthly comic if you're an independent creator like you are. No. You know? no. I mean, I think what's important is to not mess about with the schedule. Like, it comes out when it comes out. You don't want to hear, oh, yes. it's been put back a month. Oh, it's been put back another month. Yeah. So that, that's the way I'm, I'm working with it. As I say, when each issue comes out, in the back of it, there'll be a this date for next issue yeah yeah i think that's a better way to do it because like even with some of the like i don't you know you, you still think they're kind of independent but they're yet a little bit more mainstream like i like uh lady mechanica by joe benitas yeah but i can't stand how often it's so late they'll give yeah. you one date and then they'll give you another date then they'll give you another date and you're like oh my gosh dude just <laughs> just hang on to it and don't tell yeah us until i mean it's I, done you know 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, in, in myself, I'm, I'm a, a person that it, it's important to me to deliver on what I say I'm going to. So it's, it's not really not an area I'm, I'm going to go where we start. You know, oh, it's going to be another six months now. Yeah, uh, yeah. And plus, I keep leaving people on cliffhangers, so it'd be, <laughs> it'd be pretty unfair, really. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think almost, if not every issue, certainly at least three of the first miniseries end on a cliffhanger. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but that's. I think that's also good writing. It's it's the way you want to something that's episodic, like a comic who has got more than a more than one issue. You know, yeah. you want to leave each thing. You want to leave it so the reader is like, "Oh my gosh, I got to find out what's happening next." Oh yeah, and that absolutely. entices them to get that next issue. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing of, of it as well is, is as I say, I think what I'm doing with it, it's it's quite unpredictable. Um, I mean, what what I originally had in mind for the second series is is far removed from what I've got now, and I am sort of conscious to keep people on their toes with uh, with it uh, i mean there's a, there's another moment in in the series um that <laughs> uh, i think will be quite high impact on the the readers <laughs> awesome well hey sam i i look forward to reading that i can't wait uh I, I i'm looking forward to getting this thing on may 5th and um yeah, I really want to just say thanks a lot for joining us again. This was this was incredible. It's really cool to to get to hear your story, to get to hear about Geek Girl, and to learn the process and things that you've been into, uh, you know, to help influence you on this endeavor. Yeah, no, it's it's been fun. Thanks, thanks for having me again. Yeah, anything you want to say before we close out, man? Oh, it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> she's up. Sorry, right. it's warm here. It's, she's it's the first. She's, pretty much the first day this year where i live in sheffield where it hasn't been cold <laughs> oh man. she's up near the arctic circle she lives in edmonton canada yeah right. well it's a little chilly so i'm like all bundled up with some blankets so <laughs> <laughs> well all right sam thanks a lot for joining us mad thanks for listening in <laughs> Yeah, sorry. It's early morning for me, so I'm just like, whoa, I'm just going to listen. Wait, I'm recording. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you just get wrapped up in the guest. You just want to hear their story, you know? I really do. I'm I'm an absolute terrible co-host. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone. Thanks for coming on, Sam. And don't forget to go to geekgirlcom. Go. Nope. <laughs> GeekGirlComics.com. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it right one of these days. GeekGirlComics.com. And check yeah. out, uh, be sure to check out the Geek Girl free comic on May 5th. And then issue number one on May, May 30th, right? Yep. All right. Well, hey, Sam, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Autobots, roll out! Oh! Hey! You've been listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show podcast. Find us on Twitter at Awesome Geek Show, Instagram, and Facebook at Super Awesome Geek Show. And as always, thanks a lot for tagging along. Live long and prosper. May the force be with you. And we'll see you next time on the Super Awesome Geek Show. Yo, Joe!